The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Mo, Larry, and Carly. I mean, Ken, Derek, and Mike. How are you guys doing? You were probably more right the first time. <laughs> yeah. Well, next week we'll be, we'll be the intergalactic law firm of do we treat them and how. <laughs> so, like I said, how are we doing? I think I said that. Yeah. How's everyone doing? All right. Not bad, not bad. Well, check out the homepage, wookieeradio.net. And support our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Use code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your purchase at Biddy Boomers. I missed out. Apparently, Woot had Darth Vader with Candy Cane for two bucks. Oh, nice. It sold out quick. You gotta quick. check Woot all the time. And you gotta, um, and when you're doing with Woot, you gotta check like hourly. As soon as I saw the post, which was 20 minutes after it had been posted on Facebook, it yeah. was already out. It was sold out. I'm like, oh. Woot is still one of the best kept secrets of um, the whole Amazon empire. I've well, never actually checked it out. I, re- I remember Woot long before it was uh, owned by Amazon. Yeah. So um, I remember those days. We're talking 2008, 2009. It's been around for a while. Yeah. So um, also to check out Red Flag Workshop. Sorry, I am. Why I'm brain farting. I don't know. <laughs> check out. Red flag yeah, workshop. So write this type of stuff down so they have a list of what they got to run down. Yeah, I do. I do <laughs> eventually need to write it all down, or create or create a sticky note on the computer. So all I got to do is open it and go. Okay, here's what I need to read. Mm. Uh, which, hey, I use my sticky notes on my Windows machine a lot, so I probably should do that. Uh, use. So why don't you write a sticky note to remind you to do some sticky notes? No, I just need to do <laughs> the sticky note. Uh, with Red Flag Workshop, use the code SMUGGLER3 for 25% off your purchase of great patches. Uh, like I said last week, I am seriously looking at changing my Alderaan patch on my backpack to getting a second um, Kashyyyk National Park patch and doing that and putting that on my uh, on my backpack. Cool. Either that or I may do the Park Ranger, but it's going to be a Kashyyyk patch of some sort, one or the other, a uh, Park Ranger or National Park, but there will be a new, I will be switching it out. So I, I think it's more fitting. I mean, I love the Alderaan patch. I've gotten s- some great comments, but I, I think doing Kashyyyk, I could get some more comments and get people questioning, what's that all about? And then I could plug Wookie Radio. Uh, 
Rebel Sabers. Use code Wookie for 10% off your lightsaber needs. And I'm hoping Will and the gang over at Rebel Sabers brings out a Balin Skull lightsaber hilt. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know why they wouldn't either. Uh, I do know if Disney ever does for a legacy saber, I will be getting it through them too, because, well, I, I have fallen in love with that saber. I, I really, really dig it. And I, I've read a few more things about it or about Ray Stevenson and his uh, helping design that saber hilt, which we'll discuss here in a minute. Uh, Hanger-58.com. Use code Wookie Radio for 10% off your shirt needs. And they've got a lot of great sci-fi and geek culture shirts there that are awesome. And at heroesandvillains.com, use code Weeby Geeks for 10% off your purchase there. There's some cool new t-shirts there from this, yeah. that are new this week, I believe. Yeah. And they have a um, leather jacket that's on the coming soon part of it. But it's very. It looks very similar to what Hera's wearing in Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the exact same, but it's very close. Yeah, I'm actually on the site right now, flipping through <laughs> how we're doing the reads. Isn't that dangerous to do? I know. Well, no, not really, because um, it's like I want that, I want that, and then I look at the price. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> the new Weekender bags they have now are really sweet. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I will be using their Imperial sling bag uh, this Sunday. At Epcot, cool. Because the uh, family has opportunity for cash previews of Journey into Water, the Moana experience. It's the new new thing that they're opening. Okay. Um, speaking of Disney, let's talk about this news: Lucasfilm related, Star Wars related. Uh, it was announced at Destination D twenty three, which was this weekend, this past weekend here in Orlando, that at all the I want to say Disney owned Star Tours. So Paris, California here, and whichever China park has star tours, I think it may be Hong Kong. I don't think it's coming to to Tokyo, but Ahsoka. I was say, what, what star tours are not owned by Disney? Well, the, the, the only parks not owned by Disney is the Tokyo parks. Oh, see, I didn't. I thought Disney owned those also. No, they yeah, are. Yeah. They are licensed to the company. There's a company that runs the license to use the Disney name in Tokyo. Ah. And we help support it. Interesting. So, uh, because they they have a deal with uh, with characters, especially characters now, that characters could go over and do a six-month stint in Tokyo and work in the parks. That would be fun. Park. Mm. So, um, but apparently, Ahsoka is going to be coming to Star Tours. Don't know what capacity or, or manner or how she'd be added. Mm. Uh, probably added as a uh, as an in between transition piece of what we need your help or some yeah. right now that right now it's uh, Yoda and Leia and Boba Fett. I think there may be more. I don't remember off the top of my head. So who knows? This is one of the first of the um, more recent character uh, characters and series that are actually getting something in the park. No, Galaxy's Edge, isn't it? No, after they did Galaxy's Edge, they've really not added extra new stuff. Well, the, this is just a, a show element added into yeah. that, which but can be a little bit of filming that just gets clipped into the rotation. Yeah, that's triggered into the rotation because it's all random. What planet? What opening? What? What seek for help? What second planet? What ending you get? Mm. And the second, whatever your second planet is, depends on your ending. So, um, but they also announced too, well, at least, well, it's not announced, but it it wasn't announced at D23, but it was talked about online 
Hera and Chopper are now appearing at Galaxy's Edge in California. Oh, nice. So now you have Ahsoka, Hera, and Chopper in California. Well, you know, um, we already know that, uh, we assume it's uh, it's Hera, survives through um, Rise of Skywalker because the ghost shows up. Right. So we assume Hera was flying it, but it could have been Jason, could have been anything. Could have been Jason, could have been Sabine as well. Who knows? Um, So there's... Those two things. And then for Animal Kingdom and what used to be Dino Land or what's currently Dino Land, uh, it looks like it's going to be a combination of two things now. A tropical Americanas type thing to incorporate like Encanto and uh, maybe a little cocoa stuff. But they're also talking about Indiana Jones into Animal Kingdom. Cool. And when they said that, my first thought was... Well, there goes the retheming for dinosaur, possibly because well, didn't yeah. they just didn't they shut down the um, Indiana Sun show a while ago? Yeah, it's back up. Oh, they did. <laughs> they didn't last long, did it? <laughs> they shutting it down. No, it, it's running. It was know, it was shut down because of the, it was shut down because of the pandemic. And then oh, they just okay. reopened it like a little over a year ago. Year, year and a half ago. Closer, closing it. No, no, no. But is this pro- still one of the more popular shows on the? Um, oh yeah. At the park. They they did a lot of retheming of it, and uh, I'm not too thrilled about some of the decisions made. Did they add Crystal Skull stuff? No. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk off air. I don't want to discuss it on air. They'll put me down a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. Um. But Dinosaur is supposedly based on the same ride track as the Indiana Jones ride in California. Cool. So it wouldn't be that hard to redo the facade, everything here and go to uh, an Indiana Jones theme. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be the exact ride, you know, look wise. It could be a it could be a more an updated time period of the ride. But yeah, okay, it, it, it could easily be transferred over. Um, trying to think if that was it for D23 Star Wars news. I don't know. I did, it, it, D23 came and went, and oh. I never, didn't catch any of it. <laughs> yeah, me either. There apparently was a panel in which one of the props masters from Soka was on and talked about Ray Stevenson and his hilt. Yeah, I saw a little on that. And they, they talked about how um, they made it a little longer than your standard Jedi hilts because they want it because of, as we talked about last week with his fight style, they wanted to give it a little bit more heft and make it look like his blade was heavier than the standard lightsaber blades. Well, yeah, like we were saying last week, um, his style and just the way he fights is more very much more of like a medieval Knights in Shining Armor style. Yes. Right. European broadsword fighting more than um, like the samurai or any other kind. Right. Even though, I mean, even though the blade length is still the same as the hilt, well, his blade length is just a hair longer, mm-hmm. but the hilt is longer and his is more, his kind of goes back to the, the original concept of the lightsaber of it was supposed to be a two handed weapon. Yeah. Well, also, I'm almost surprised because after seeing him fight and seeing the way that it was built, I'm almost surprised they didn't give him a cross guard. Yeah, I, I was very surprised they didn't go full cross guard with this. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad they didn't. And to me, I'm not talking a lightsaber or um, the laser cross guard. I'm talking even just a regular cross so, guard, almost sort of like mm-hmm. what uh, Boyega uses in, uh, in the High Republic, the Wookiee Jedi. Oh, Buryaga. Buryaga, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think the one I designed for Rebel Sabers has something similar. I don't know. I don't have the picture sitting right here. Yeah. So if the, if we ever see those show up, it'd be cool to see how they envision that. Yeah. yeah. 
So, um, but I mean, it still works. I, I like, I like the top of his hilt, the emitter section. I mean, it still has a bit of a cross guard vibe to it, even though it, yeah. it, it it's, you know, but it almost has like a Knight's Cross vibe to it as well. So I, I really dig the blade or his, his hilt. So if Rebel Sabres ever makes it or, and, or Disney releases it as a legacy saber, it will be on my list. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it's on my wish list now. So, um, sabers a little bit there though. Um, are you, um, on Jedi survivor? Have you been having fun playing with the, cause the, the saber customizing is amazing. How much different things there are. I can't, I can't play it yet. I thought you, um, got got, running on. No, I gotta get a new graphics card. It's cheaper just to get a series S. Oh, I'm getting a graphics card. Uh, to continue on, um, collectibles. I'm going to go with what Ken has been all giddy about oh, giddy. Oh. pre-show. Pre- Lego officially revealed the Star Wars Venator class Republic attack cruiser. This thing looks awesome. It is beautiful. Uh, it, it, is huge, but... it comes with Captain Rex and Admiral Yularen. Uh, it's, it is, it's pretty cheap. Uh, $649.99. It's actually not bad for the amount of size of this thing. Yeah. Uh, 374 pieces. How many pieces? 5,374. Okay. Well, that sets it at the fourth largest Lego set behind the the Falcon, the Adat, and the Razor Crest. When complete, yeah. it measures 43 inches long and 21 inches wide. That's almost the same right? Is that almost the same size as the uh, Star Destroyer, or is this? Well, they, or is the Star Destroyer a hair bigger? They um actually let me let me find the quote on here. Over on uh, StarWars.com, they actually had an interview with Hans Burkhardt uh, Schlomer, which was the builder for this and designer. And um, let me see, he actually he actually does mention that. Um, where to go? Because I read through, I skimmed through a lot of this article already. Cause they designed they um they had actually based it on the Star Destroyer and um something uh, let me where is it at this is great podcasting as I look <laughs> you know not worried about it because this is what we okay. do according to they said um the question was like all UCS releases the scale of the Republic Attack Cruiser is enormous as a designer what opportunities does that um does that increase no this isn't the right question. <laughs> just saying here that um, the tail end of this Republic attack cruiser um, is unsupported and overhanging, but it comes in at a one kilo just for the tail end of it. Wow. That's like 2.2 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Every According to Hans, he says every Lego set um, starts with a design brief. Um, in this case, the directions were simple. Make it as long as the Imperial Star Destroyer set uh, 75252, which was the big Imperial Star Destroyer, and then base it on the Clone Wars show. So sure. that's exactly what it is. Make it the Clone Wars Star Destroyer, but the same size as the Star Destroyer. It's kind of what they did in the, in the show. Yeah. Let's give the inspiration well, for what ends up being the Star Destroyer. And in this, it's interesting because um, this, it doesn't show it that the... Um, Fighter bays are not in this one. This one doesn't have the the um the split hull in the right. center where the with all that's with all those those aren't in this one. Which is a shame that I don't remember the Venator had those or not. Yes, had that. Yeah. Okay. This especially show the split hull. especially if they're using Rex and Ilarin as your figures. Yeah. Also, um, it's, it's the Jedi Star the, Cruiser. 
This has the launch bays on either side of the um, tower on the side along the r- edge rim. Yeah, it was both. It was the so, center and center and, and edges. Yeah, because this one actually almost reminds me more of um, what we see in Rebels, which was the um, Imperial Light Frigate, I believe. But it was basically the um, Venator updated to Rebels. Yeah, well, or the it's Imperial Light Cruiser is what they called it because they had the Star Destroyers were bigger. Right. This was the light cruiser. Hasbro has some announces. Uh, PulseCon twenty. 20- 23 is coming up soon and but you can pre-order now uh your your pre-orders for that the star wars offering will be the black series star killer and troopers will come with two stormtroopers from force unleashed along with garen gallon malik merrick aka star killer and it's him still kind of in sith mode Trying to go transitioning into light side mode. So I'm going from dark to light. So the lightsaber he has is still red. This is very cool. Yeah. But it's got the, the force explosions, um, the lightning. It, it it all looks great. Yeah, there's a lot of accessories and added stuff. That, um, yeah. The, the stuff we've said sometimes with the Black Series, like, oh, you get a blaster and that's it. And no, they gave you all kinds of stuff with this one. Uh, I believe the set's going for forty dollars, thirty nine ninety nine. It comes with the two. Is it just the Star Killer, or is that one come it, with the no, Troopers it also? Comes with the Troopers also. Oh, that's great! Three Black Series figures plus all the accessories. Yep. If I rem- if I saw the pricing right, um, double check. Um, Hasbro Pulse gone for some reason. It doesn't sound right. Yeah, and I'm on the shows a picture, but in <clears throat> right here doesn't have the description of it. Hang on. Mm-mm. Star Wars right there. It doesn't have a date or a uh, price on it. But if I go to Pulse's website, they may have it as a coming soon on there. No, yep. but you can pre. Hey, I'm, I'm there now. You can pre order the, the holiday figures. <clears throat> yes, it's time for this family to order the Ewok, a couple Jawas. See, I already ordered back on May the 4th. I ordered the Wicked and Nisa figures. Those should be coming in at Christmas this year. Yeah. Um, shop exclusives. Convention exclusives. See, it's it's a shame that these are not popping up on their their site. Yeah. Well, they really don't have a coming soon section on the on um, their website or on their app. No, they don't. Although the um, Christmas figures look awesome. Yes, they do. I'm loving the Jawa and Salacious Crumb, the green Salacious Crumb. Yeah. And the white and green um, Ewoks, really cool. Yes. Yes. It's Bubbles Junior. Is that all there is this year? Is just the two? No, there's a third. Oh, there, there's more. They show a purge trooper, um, which looks like something out of the Nutcracker. There's also a snow trooper that has a snowman look vibe to it. And then there's a uh, blue and white Mandalorian, which people okay. are, are gobbling up because there's not really a lot of holiday decoration on them. It's just the coloring. And, and the Mando's going quick. Yeah. I want to say there was a K, KX droid as well. But um, then today, for what they called uh, Rollback Thursday, Tuesday, Turnback Tuesday, they had a bunch of things. And for Star Wars, they have the uh, vintage collection Mandalorian ATST Chicken Walker. Raider. Yeah, we were talking about that before the show, and um, I we've discussed on here how the difference between like the retro line and the vintage collection, and it's like Derek and I were saying how it's like the retro is kind of cool for the original figures, but it's like 2023, so I, they can put really cool details into it, and this looks like it's got some really awesome detail. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This would be better. I I haven't looked to see if it does or not, and I don't remember if back in the day it did. It would be cool if this lit up with the red eyes. Or the red light inside the, the cockpit. Yeah. Like in the show. I don't think this one has a light in it built in, but... Wouldn't be hard to that, do. That's not that hard with LEDs now. 
Nope. Um, and then they also announced a two pack. It is Vader with an Obi Wan Kenobi. It's the showdown from uh, from the Obi Wan series. This is the set that's thirty nine. Right. So no announcement of how much the Star Killer set's going because the Ahsoka two pack is sixty bucks. Yeah. Well, you guys are now one figure is thirty bucks. So. Yeah. The Star Killer is probably anywhere from eighty to hundred bucks. Yeah, um, but I want to say the the Vader, unless when these were shown at when were they shown Comic Con or or a fan or a fan or in the as pipeline for uh, fan stream. Unless this is what they were announced these two as upcoming figures, not pipeline, but upcoming releases, and people thought that they were going to be released individually, but now they're putting them out as the, the two pack. Um, this is a nice looking set. It's a it's a new look for Obi Wan uh, with this series, and definitely new head mold for for Vader. I thought we've already seen a figure with Vader with the um, cracked helmet like that. Black series, yeah, it was the oh, black okay. series. But this also shows uh, some damage to the to the chest box as well, which I forgot about that. I don't think we saw that in the uh, black series. I don't remember. But right now, I'm too lazy to go back and look. Yeah, all right. Because we got other things to talk about, such really? as... I can't oh, think of anything else. Oh, yeah. please. Oh, please. <laughs> it's called Ahsoka Episode 5. There was a new Ahsoka this week? Yes, there was. Long awaited. People waited hours in line to get in to watch it an hour before you could have watched it at home on your screen. Instead, they went and watched it in the theaters. <laughs> And it was crazy nuts. They put anything um, else in front of it or anything with it? No. Special features or anything? No. I mean, this Not that I've so seen it. It's just this the episode. Was the episode. I mean, it, no, no, no. The, the, the first episode was the longest, but this was the second. Clocks in. Um, the first episode was 57 minutes. This one clocks in at 52. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess let's go ahead and Derek. Take us off on this. All right. We're going to start with a little thing we like to call the good, the bad, and the nitpicky. And that is where we choose our uh, some things that we really loved about the episode, uh, some things we perhaps did not like about the episode, and some little nitpicks that we might have uh, about the episode. And in this case, I like to go backwards so that we can always end on the good. So do we have any nitpicks? For episode five, yes, I okay. I do have a nitpick. Go ahead. Uh, for me, it, it's this is even though we did get some movement, I I I bleh, at this point in time, I am done with with the planet. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we we've aside for the fact of rescuing Ahsoka, what more is there to do with the planet? Well, there's a lot of things I think looking forward that are not going to be around in it for a while. Yeah, like I don't foresee at least in the next episode that planet. Well, that planet we're done with. Yeah, but um, but we've we've been here for three. Any of that stuff's not going to be in this uh, in the next episode. Mm. At least the next two episodes, probably. But we're 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 talking. We we we've are, right now. We spent. Two thirds of the season on this planet. Yeah, it actually it, it, this planet though up until this episode had, was vital to the plot because it's where you had to read the map from. Right, right. But we've done that. We've destroyed the map. I, I think, and, and maybe part of it is my mind of I want to get to Paradia sooner than later, knowing we got three more episodes left. I right. Want, I want to get to Paradia. 
let's wrap up everything here on on the planet. Uh, on on oh, what is the name of this planet? Oh, starts with a C. It's like uh, I, thought because, I thought it started with an S. No, is it a C? I'm gonna go back. C S. Either way, it's the S sound. Um, but that's actually that is a good example of of a good nitpicky. Um, because you're right. I agree with you on that. We have seen a lot of, but we haven't seen a lot of the planet. Also, we've just seen a lot of that particular area of the planet. Right. Well, it's so just, it's, it's, it's not even. Much. Go ahead. Hmm? I say it's not. Um, we've seen as much of this planet as we do any planet in Star Wars. Usually, true. That's why every planet in Star Wars seems like it's got one um, climate for the entire planet. Right. <laughs> You know, different, one of the major differences is some place like Lothal. Mm-hmm. Since they had uh, four seasons of the show, <laughs> they showed a lot of that planet. Right. Tatooine, because for some reason, everything in the, the, for the planet, the farthest distance from anything ever happening, everything happens on Tatooine for some reason in this universe. Sand. Why sand? <laughs> um, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, like I said, it's, it's a nitpicky. It doesn't. No, yeah, no. It, exactly. it doesn't. It doesn't express how I feel about the episode, which we'll get into further along. Right. Um, no, I'm, yeah. Exactly. I'm still trying to find the name of this planet. Setos. Setos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any anything from you, Ken, on the nitpicky front? I thought there was something, but I don't remember off the top of my head. So it wasn't an important nitpicky, you know. Yeah, I'm going to say for, for my nitpicky. It is kind of related to yours in a way, Mike, and it's just like we're on episode five now, and let's get to the you know let's get to the 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 good stuff that we're waiting for already. Yeah. See, I'm almost afraid that um, Filoni knew knows he's going to get more than one season of this. I don't think he's going to resolve everything at the end of the season. No. Right now, he's taking his time. We've only got three episodes left. He's not going to rush everything at the end. Yeah, but I'm I'm hoping we don't go into a cliffhanger scenario with yeah, this. Yeah, too. Uh, I really, yeah. I mean, as as, as much as right now, so as much as I could enjoy it, and, and maybe my daughter might yeah, enjoy it, the fandom can't handle it. No, and and you can always do you know the season two can always be what happens you know after the conclusion, so we, we get a conclusion. Right. And 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 then, you know, what happens after that? Yeah, we, we other stories to tell. Yeah, we we need a definite conclusion to this. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I don't see that for personal. I see that for the sake of the fandom. Yeah. With everything the fandom's gone through, the way this this series has been pitched and promoted, there's got to be. I mean, if you're gonna do a cliffhanger, cool. Put it at the very. Put it as like a stinger at the end. But whatever the story is for yeah. this series, bring it to a distinct end. Right. And and just make the just make a, a cliffhanger a stinger. If not, I think there's gonna be a lot of backlash. Yeah. A lot of backlash. Even even if it ends up with them, you know, as long as they they find Ezra or whatever, and if let's say Thrawn gets away, and then it, you know, then it's what happens now that Thrawn's out on uh, loose, right? And that could be the next season. I got kind of a nitpicky, but it's just like one line of dialogue. 
that's fine. It's a nitpicky. What we you know, um, we know that there's three X-wings left in this squadron. Yep. And the whole time Hera and Carson are talking, they're talking like he's got a, giant, a whole squadron of X-wings that they're doing. He even <laughs> when he tells them they're ready to launch, he's like, "Hey, get everybody together." There's three of them total. There's a, he's talking to one. Hey, get the other X-wing ready to go. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he makes it sound like there's an entire squadron ready to fly. It's like, wait a minute, there's three. Hey, you gotta go with that concept. Everybody get ready to launch. You gotta go with that concept. If Both if you if the enemy is hearing transmissions, they gotta make it. You gotta make it seem like you're bigger than what you actually are. It's that rebel mentality, man. Oh, yeah. But hey, yeah. you know, you can look at Carson Tava and know he's he was a rebel because he looks old oh, for Harry. a pilot. And, and Hera, I, even, Hera even said so. I know. Yeah. I like him. I'm really starting to like him. Yeah. I still think he's the only um, X-Wing squadron commander there is in the galaxy. Probably. At, at, this, at, at this point in time, I want to see either a Rangers of the New Republic series refocused around him. <laughs> now you're talking. Or... Let's have him after this be absorbed under Hera's Alphabet Squad, and let's get an Alphabet Squad series. Yeah, I just want to see them get a mention because it's there before this. That could right. happen. Let let's let's have Tiva be part of the be the new hit new squadron lead for Alphabet Squad, mm-hmm. or bring back Phoenix Squad. Well, they are Phoenix Squadron already because um, when they launched to come here, they were uh, all had Phoenix squad or um, call signs. Right. I think that was just for this particular mission, though. So the other one um, in the world between world scenes, the battle scenes and stuff, copious, copious amounts of fog. Yes. Basically, just I know it was to hide and um, save money on the amount of troopers they had running around. They didn't didn't have the cash to put the CG in it like they did for Clone Wars, the uh, movie. But still, it's like, why you can't see anything except for five or six troopers running across. Yeah. yeah, And little shadows in the background. It's like, I understand why they did that, but it's like. (laughs) Well, there's there's also that. There's also that thing called the fog war. Yeah, but and, and I thought that was a, a nice, nice touch to that phrase, yeah. especially with like, what they no, were doing. They don't have it. any kind of backgrounds at all. Everything is just a single color matted out with some shadows in front of it. Yeah. Now I understand also that could also be because these are all visions. Yeah. This is Ahsoka having visions, yep. so you could uh, hand wave it away with that. But yeah. still, it's just a little nitpicky because I wanted I I wanted to see more is what it is. Exactly. I agree with that completely. I I agree, but we don't understand why the whys and everything why it happened and and everything. But yeah, I mean, it would cooler. I I I see where you're coming from, and I agree with your with your opinion. Um, but I also enjoyed it for what it was because it was a vision. Yeah, and with the and with the visions and, and the it went the with the fog of war and the the cloudiness and. How it's just focused on her and Anakin, not the rest of. Because, you know, we see with the one after they're at the triage encampment, we see Rex. We see uh, Allura Sakal. We see um, Luminara. I don't know. I don't know if the. No, the, I don't think those are. No, I think what this is. Wasn't early in the Clone Wars? I mean, early in this TV series, they actually did some stuff on Ryloth. I think this is on Ryloth. That's why you're seeing all the um, Twi'leks running around also. Yeah, but... Uh, this is on the Battle of Ryloth. I think, yeah, I think you're right. 
Yeah, but because each of these is actually a scene or a um, area from the TV series, like we see the Besiege of Mandalore. I think yep. this is the battle on Ryloth. An Alura Sakura was was there as part of that, but they don't show. Nobody else is carrying lightsabers. No, but we we see Luminera as well, or a figure that looks like Luminera. It may look like her, but I don't think it is. If it was, she would her, yeah. they would show her ignited lightsaber because Anakin and Ahsoka are running around with the lightsabers out. Yeah, but this, the other Jedi's would also. But going back to that particular scene where you see Rex, where they're just chatting, there's no no ignition of lightsabers yet. Hang on, I'm trying to remember which one the, the whatever it, what scene that was. It's just a very hazy. Yeah, I'm I'm actually scrubbing through the episode as we're going here. That's why I'm remembering certain things. That's not the triage one. That's actually the no Rex yeah. is on uh, Mandalore during the Battle of Mandalore. No, Rex is there too on the triage scene because it's it's the it's still the, the Phase One armor. Because he's got the blue stripe on the back of the helmet. See, I gotta, I'd have to actually sit down and watch, watch to see that part. I mean, if I'm wrong. Oh, in the, no, in the distance, I see it here. In the distance, I think that's Rex talking to two Twi'leks. And I think those are just Twi'leks. They're not. No, one, one's a lower secure. Because of the. I don't know. I recognize the outfit because she, because you see blue mare drift, and that's, that's a little. Look at here, both holding blasters or blaster rifles. There's six people there. Is it the one where um, Anakin is talking to Ahsoka about um, losses in war and stuff? Yes. This is when she puts her hand to comfort the one clone. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is behind Anakin. You see like three troopers together and then two Twi'leks and a um, trooper. The two Twi'leks are both holding blaster rifles. I'll have to rewatch. I could have sworn that was uh, Laura Sakurin. That's what I had thought too. They were they were all holding blaster rifles. Yeah, I have to go back and watch all the Twi'leks I'm seeing on the, in this encampment uh, on Ryloth here. Is all everybody's got blaster rifles? And at this point, Jedi aren't carrying blasters. No, they never did. They didn't need them. No. So, um, I guess we move on. All right. So that's our nitpicky. So let's go to. Bads. Was there anything particularly bad about the episode? I didn't see anything bad, actually. No. You never do. <laughs> the, the, only, the only thing that I saw, I, I could see that was potentially bad, which makes me want, wonder if Ahsoka's not really at the world, world between worlds, so to speak, if she's more, if this is still all kind of in her head as she's trying to decide, am I dead or am I fighting to live? Is when Anakin, one saber swipe across the, the walkway and the whole thing on the other side of him collapses where Ahsoka was. See, it starts to fall. He had better control over the world they're in than she did. He had better knowledge of what they're doing. Yeah. This is why I, I'm thinking this whole thing is more of vision of Ahsoka trying to decide whether she is going to cross over or not. I don't think this is truly world between worlds. It's just oh. it's what she knows because this is where she's been pulled to before. So this is how her vision is bringing all this up. That that but that, that brings me to uh, one nitpicky that I did forget about, which is. How long was Ahsoka actually submerged in water, and how did she not drown? That's the, that's where I'm thinking she actually is at the world between worlds. Because if she is, and then she comes out of the portal into the water, and the X-Wing fighters catch her or find her right then, you know. Right, but it, they were looking for her for a while, so it's not yeah. like it was, you know. Well, she just fell for two minutes, and then when it, so that, yeah, that, that, that makes some sense, definitely. Um. I think for me, the the only bad I'm, that I will say is that uh, it was a cool episode and I loved it and everything, but it's not 
it's not the most original storytelling. <laughs> you know, Ahsoka almost dies. She has to fight to to decide if she actually wants to live or not, and all this. And it's it's, and I know that's what Star Wars is. It's it's story. You know, it's it's always stories that have been told over and over again. But that always, that's one thing that just kind of sometimes just gets a little. Eh. I'd like a little, something a little fresher sometimes. Yeah. But I still enjoyed the episode, so mm-hmm. that's all. All right, so uh, if there's no other bads, then uh guess we'll move on to the goods. So uh, what, what would you guys like to say about your good stuff? Anakin, the evolution of Anakin through this entire episode. I was going to say the same thing. I love it. Very cool. I love seeing the Clone Wars, a lot of the Clone Wars costuming mm-hmm. in this episode. And how we go from that to... <laughs> What's that? I said, even though we barely saw it, fog. Yeah. Yeah, but when he walks closer to her, I mean, you you see it better. Yeah. Um, but to, to know they pulled in the costume from Clone Wars, and then now we've got that completion from Attack of the Clones through Clone Wars to his final look in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And, yeah. and how it's all changed. Well, also, I'm at, right now, as I'm scrubbing through the episode, I'm on the scene where Ahsoka decides not to cut, to cut him down. And I, one of the coolest parts in this whole thing, and it's this is all Hayden Christensen, a lot of it, but um, his transition from uh, Revenge of the Sith, full Sith um, Anakin to... Force goes to Anakin that we see at the end of Return of the Jedi, where he goes back to regular Anakin. Yeah, the transition just because they they add effects to it, but right, his right. facial expressions and seeing the difference as an actor of what he did. I mean, I know, like I said, I know they did a lot of CG to de-age him and all this stuff, but you can see it in his face. Yes, the difference between where he was with dark side Anakin switching to, and mellowing out to light side Anakin. That to me says that Hayden. Well, that and seeing him in other things also is like. A lot of the criticisms with Hayden, it wasn't his fault. Some of the stuff he was doing in these movies, right? He is a good actor. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I, I always felt like he got kind of a, a a lot a lot of like same thing with Ahmed Best and everything. They kind of got a to they kind of got an unfair treatment. Yeah, all the great stuff that um, George Lucas has done, helping out his actors has not always been the best one. Right. <laughs> And I mean, everybody knows that. I mean, Hayden Christensen's not that bad, but then no, yeah. But he he went from the Star Wars franchise into Jumpers, and Jumpers had the same case. Mm-hmm. Great concept, great idea, poorly executed script. Mm. It was a poorly executed script. I mean, I felt like there was so much more that could have been done. The only thing to me that saved that film is the interaction between Hayden Christensen and and Samuel L. Jackson. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other goods? Um, yeah, there's stuff. <laughs> there's lots of goods. I, I know. Yeah, anything yeah. that you want to, that you in particular want to mention? The evolution of Ahsoka live action. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, young Ahsoka was awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to see to see her original costume from Clone Wars. Yes, and then see the the season seven costume and how that's changed into what she is now. And then well, yeah, and then just. It see the changes was cool just like nope. you could look at it and go oh i see that's different and that's different and yeah well you if you look that wasn't the original ahsoka costume from clone wars 
That was an updated one the second or third time. Because remember, the original one was like the tube top and skirt. Right. I thought, yeah. right. They didn't, yeah. No, they didn't and do leggings. that. I thought that's what they, they had. They didn't do that one. So it was the season two costume. Yeah. Season two, season six. Because it changes for seven. I will tell you uh, one thing I really enjoyed was the scene where um, where Harris and Jason gets uh, senses the, the lightsaber fight between Ahsoka and Anakin. Mm-hmm. And they just like he's they just standing there, their eyes closed, and you can kind of hear the faint sounds of it. And it's like, yeah, that's just a really cool scene. I it thought was cool that was a- actually. Huh? Go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead. I'll say that was. I don't think I didn't take that as Hera sensing it. I think Jason no. sensed it first and heard it. Yes, I think there actually is a. There's another one for there being a portal there because he was. They were able to actually hear the what was happening on the other side of the portal. Yeah, but. Teva was close and he couldn't hear it. He wasn't sitting right on the edge listening for it. Yeah. They were at the edge of the cliff looking at the water listening for it specifically. He said, Carson Teva sat back and was like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? He wasn't trying to listen for it. Right. Yeah. But, but here, here's my, this was for a while, a little bit of a nitpicky and it's not really a nitpicky. It's, it's one of those things that make you go home scenario. So maybe that's the, the honorable mention thing we could do. Things that make you go, hmm, or what? While pregnant with Jason, did Hera absorb some force abilities to enhance her a little bit? Maybe still not be a force user. Maybe. But be affected a bit more by the force because of Jason. Because the force is really strong with him. Yeah. If because at first she doesn't hear it. And then at, and then at second, she doesn't hear it. And then finally, when she sits down and focuses sort of like a Jedi... She hears it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it seems perfectly logical to me that um, a mother who has a child uh, that ends up being force sensitive and everything, that there's an entire possibility that she could gain some amount of it as well. See, I I felt that way more in the last few years about Shimi Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as well. I I see that. The only thing I didn't get that vibe with was with uh, with Pat. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, I still need to watch Revenge of the Sith one more time to, to see if it really yeah has, has any any leak of that. There. I well, I just um, we were saying before the show that I had, um, I'm finishing my watch through of Rebels. If you watch, there's little hints here and there that Hera might get feelings here and there too. Because it's always been kind of a fringe relief in Star Wars that most, um, a lot of your really, really great pilots and guys that are really super lucky can get a touch of the Force somehow. Like Han Solo, a lot of people, one of the big fan theories out there is he is Force sensitive of some sort. Yeah. That makes some sense. Nobody should be that lucky. Right. (laughs) So it could be something like that. Then you add her and Kanan together. If she had some force sensitivity, Kanan is obviously full Jedi, and then that make, would make Jason even stronger. Yeah, mm-hmm. would be a general. It would be a cool idea. Yeah. So, so I, I guess my question is: seeing, I mean, we know Ahsoka was a kid in the Clone Wars. Seeing her live action as a kid did that change the impact of Ahsoka for you guys? Any? It, it was almost a little more jarring than seeing um, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. I don't know why, but. Yeah, uh, I didn't really. 
she played a great Ahsoka. I mean, she uh, the actress who did it d- did her homework. Or, the, or Dave, well, obviously Dave Filoni is great with his actors. She, yeah, uh, the only thing that I was that was going through my mind was the whole time I was like, who is that? Who's playing her? And, I did find out who that is. Uh, that's also it, the one who played Young Gamora. Yeah, it's Ariana Greenblatt. Is the actress's name? That plays the second Ahsoka, young Ahsoka, right? Or is she the one playing? Uh, it's the same, the same actress plays same, both. Yeah, yeah, she plays both. Is it? Yeah, yeah. that was two different actresses. No. no. Well, fool me. Uh, looks like they did. <laughs> well, I guess they did. So she has now played a young version of a Marvel character and a young version of a Star Wars character. <laughs> Let's see what other young versions of characters she can play. Now she needs to play a young version of a Disney princess. Mm-hmm. Hasn't she also played? She was also in the, the Barbie, wasn't she? Yes, yeah, she was. Was she Stacy? I think it was Sasha. Okay. I haven't watched it. What, the Barbie movie? Yes. Ah, that was a good movie. And I ain't, I ain't ashamed to say that. <laughs> I'm waiting until it comes to streaming. I fully enjoyed it. I'll probably it. It'll probably be Some streaming of the for me, too. really cool. The Pergills. The Pergils yes. this were awesome. Yeah, especially um, I loved watching them take off into hyperspace. That was awesome. I, I love the Geppetto moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. It was fitting. Um, now, also, I, I thought it was going to be both. I thought it was going to be Ahsoka with her T6. I did. Yeah. And the ghost with the way. I that, thought so, too. Yeah. I was a little disappointed about that, but. Yeah. Hera's got to go back and cause more problems. You get kicked out of the rebellion. Yeah, um, yeah, right. Well, I don't know. I mean, now seeing even with the fleet seeing the Purgles go by and, and jump into hyperspace, um, there may be some uh, some reprieve for her. I don't know. There might be, um, but I think it'll still be a fight for. Her. I love how um, Hera tells Carson, "Just stall for us." He's yeah. Like, uh, I uh, okay. <laughs> I I love I love his stalling. Yes, uh, that was awesome. You, you need to turn around because the mission's not complete yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, I think he stalls better than um, um, Poe Dameron does. Oh, yeah. I agree. I do agree. No, I, I figured both of the ships were not going because if they were all planning on going with the Purgles, why would they take two ships? True. More firepower. I think the Ghost has plenty True. of firepower. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? No, this is the Purgles just were really cool looking live. Well, CG, but live action. Yeah. <laughs> the the Purgle also, look great. The Maldalorians. The yes. what? Oh, the Siege of yes. Maldalorians. Yeah. Man- I was going to mention Baldwin. that, too. That was they awesome. cool looking. One of my favorite lines came out of that, too. I don't remember this. This is after we we passed ways. Parted yeah. ways. Like, okay. Cool. That's why, um, yeah, because I've seen a couple of things online, people asking, um, so was that Force Ghost Anakin or was it Anakin from the past? It's like, I'm, I'm thinking this was Force Ghost, Blue Glowy Anakin. It's just she was on the plane with him, so he wasn't Blue Glowy. But right. it is dead Anakin yeah. that came back from being Vader. I don't, I don't think this is even Force Ghost Anakin because they're, they dropped the lot, the, the conversation. Where are are we? I don't know. It's you, it's your vision. Mm. So, but also, so the whole the whole the whole thing. He's not. This is not a force ghost scenario at this point. This this is all is her vision. This is see, all. This is all that. in the vi- in the time in in that in that realm of. Am I going to cross over? Am I not going to cross over? Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. This, this is this is all what's in her head. There's no force ghost, no nothing here. See, I just took that as um, it's stuff that he didn't know in uh, in life, so he wouldn't know it now. I fi- I figured if he was a figment from her head, he would know everything she knows. He he's almost yeah. he's almost like a um like a combination of Ghost of Christmas Past and Ghost of Christmas Present, possibly. But, but it's still all in her head. Yeah. This is something that Dave Filoni loved to do because he did it in Clone Wars a couple times. He did it in Rebels. He's done it here now. It's yes. the, um, I think it might be a little mix of both, maybe. Yeah, it's the it's the area of Star Wars that is out there that's so metaphysical that no one understands it except for Dave. And he's no, he'll never explain it. Could he be. purposely does not explain it so that you can figure it out on your own and just come up to your own conclusions about it. There there's is. no right or wrong answer because he'll never tell you. Maybe he doesn't have the answer, and that's that's fine too. Because there's, yeah. you know, that's also a good way of keeping your secret. If you're like, so which is it? And you're like, even well, I don't know. George did this uh, all at once in Star Wars, but he didn't have as much time of making Star Wars as much as has been made since he t- stepped away. Because mm. um, you gotta think the the um, the dark side cave on Dagobah. Yes. Yeah. What it? No one knows what it was. What actually it is in there? Right. It, in the movie, anyway, they never say a dark side cave. They just this just happens that's there, right? They don't. Well, it's, it's, I mean, they say it's with you. strong with the dark side. Well, they it, don't say explain anything else that's going on there. That's what this. I think that's what this. The Mortis Ghosts, uh, the World Between Worlds, all of that falls into that same realm of Star Wars. That part right. of it. Yeah, but, but the yeah, same yeah. Th- same thing happens too in season six, or the AKA the Lost episodes when Yoda's mm-hmm. on Dagobah for the first time and goes yeah. into that same cave. Exactly, it's the um, it's the and, metaphysical crazy vision type stuff that you get with the Force once in a while that you don't get all the time. And it it may not necessarily be a dark side cave. It, it is. So I was just going to ask. Um, if you're not a force user or force sensitive, is that cave anything to you other than a cave? I, I think so. I think it's a cave of fears. It's going to bring out your the worst fears. Yeah, it could be scary. It, I mean, I don't think you're going to see visions or anything, but you'll get a sense of foreboding and stuff like that. Mm. I know you. You may see. You may see. Uh, see visions even as a non-force user. Possibly, I think it's quite possible. Well, that well, I actually um, we have precedent for that because um, in this, technically, as far as we know, Hera is not force sensitive, but she hears what's going on on the other side of that portal. Mm-hmm. If you go to the um, to the world between worlds and rebels, everybody, not just um, Ezra, sees the paintings moving. They can see the paintings on the wall moving. It's like that's something you'd think that you'd need the force to be able to see happening because it's something that's happening through the force. Right. Everybody there can see it. Same thing with the Loath Wolves. The Loath Wolves, no one understands what's going on with those things, but everybody can see them and react, interact with them. Right. So I think it's the part of the force that the actual physical world can see, even if they don't understand what's going on. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, interesting. I, I'm just going to mm-hmm. help push along. Any other goods? We'll be here all night and uh, recap the yeah. entire episode if we keep going. <laughs> I know, yeah. Just anything that good-wise that needs to be brought up that we haven't brought up. That would be in a at this point in time like a top three. Jason was kind of cool. Yeah, I like actually him. getting to know a little bit of the character of Jason. I want to know. That, well, I don't know. We don't know the physical characteristics of Twilight other than the, the head tails. But does he have any? Does Jason have any of the characteristics from his mom? Physical? No. I was wondering. How does that, that work with human and Twilight? You know. Well, apparently, in this case, they became more human. He was more human than he was 
toilet. Yeah, other than like his hair color. Yeah. Um, I I like I like the way they're uh they're handling Jason so far, and he's and he's not like you know a lot of times with kids they make him you know they don't listen or you know and they get into trouble and all this other you know and it's like all right yeah and then, but I like he's kind of like a little little different it's he, he actually listens to his mother and well i i loved how he he hides behind chopper and then keeps poking and then okay i'm gonna hide but i kind of want to see what's going on <laughs> and does that duck around <laughs> if i was chopper though i'd be like hey what are you doing yeah that's a, that's actually another nitpicky i noticed on this that um the more chopper the more close-ups we see of chopper the less um, Star Wars droid he feels. He doesn't feel like he fits because it's almost more like an action figure. It's like he's pla- made out of plastic. Mm. And actually, it doesn't feel like an astromech, like an R2 or any of those guys. But you know... It's like he's got too much character physically. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, I'm almost going to say... Um, I'm, I'm going to stretch your thoughts here, Derek. I know you've slept a lot since then and I haven't slept a lot since then. But when we went to the parks last year... Oh, yeah. And we went to Droid Depot and you yeah, see yeah. the mini, you see the, the live CP droid up on the upper shelves. Yeah. Even, and I'm, I say that because I'm now staring at, at that of a pick of that droid. Um, the dome that Chopper has where it's almost got like that air billow underneath the dome. Like to do that, fact, yeah. To do that up, down, jittery. I don't see that on this CP. And right. this CP still looks very toy esque. And maybe that, and the funny thing is, the, the CP's got a got the Imperial Press. Oh, well, has I know it as the Imperial Press Corps logo, but it's the information. It's got that information decal like they put on Chopper. But it's a blue and red droid, or it has a blue and red dome. It's not black. So I'm wondering if how these droid, how what if this is a logo that carried over, which ended up being Imperial Press Corps. If this was something that carried over from the Republic era into the Imperial era, but when you Maybe. see, but when you see this droid next to the the R four that's behind it, the R four looks like a real droid. That's what we've always known. Yeah. Seeing the seeing the chopper droid, the C C series droids, and I think it's funny even with this one that's in the shop. It's not chopper. But it's still got the 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 bracer plate on the front to to like help mend a section, and it's got the two separate legs. It's like, was this a common issue with a lot of the C series droids where they all ended up with like different legs? Maybe. I mean, or maybe it's just Chopper in disguise. No, it's not Chopper in disguise. They, re- they repainted him a lot of times in the Rebels. They kept repainting him. This yeah, that's true. It, it, it's it's not Chopper in disguise because they actually give this. Droid, uh, this droid has an actual uh, ID number. Yeah, Chopper did change his name when he was hiding. Yeah, it's not Places. I know it's not Chopper. Anyway, um, do we have any other goods? I think that pretty much covered the majority of it, right? It a lot of it. I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of the other things we could probably. Hmm. No, I think that covers everything pretty well. Okay. Um, the only good thing I I saw was when Aaron Rodgers went. Oh wait, sorry, never mind. Mm-hmm. Wrong universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna disagree with you on that. Ken, why don't you take us home with this recap? Well, it's time to give our ratings for this show. Now, here we don't do ratings of one to five or one to ten or anything. No, 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 no. We use the um, the what I what is called the Rosenbaum rating system, made by Mr. Michael Rosenbaum from the Smallville frame. 
And what it is is a zero is a, a good, just a good, solid down the center heater. Not it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was just it was a it was an episode. You get to um, so from zero to plus three is your positives. Number three is if there's only one Star Wars you can ever see, this is the one you have to see. <laughs> so you, I like that. <laughs> I say we inspired by the Rosenbaum rating system. Yes, it's the dark side, light side meter. Ah, we could do that. Yeah, or the well, mid or the mid chlorian meter. <laughs> Yeah. Where do you rank on the midichlorian scale? The <laughs> Dark side, light side's better. Sorry. The greatest Sorry. you could ever have, and this is the one Star Wars you should uh, you should see, if nothing else. Well, the negative three is Poodoo. <laughs> walk behind a uh, behind a bantha. This is what you got. <laughs> I'm telling you, this whole so, thing stinks like Dianoga poo. See, that's a negative three. You know, I so, stopped the star speeder with my face once. My forehead's all bondo. Stay on target, people. Stay on target. What do you rate that? So, what do you guys think for your rating? Go ahead, Dar. See, I foresee as this show goes on, that, and as we use this rating system more, we'll be closer to the zero to zero to two on most of our ratings. Mm-hmm. I I think when we do the because re- we're just getting used to the style. I think when we do the recap, and from now on, we're going to do I, I, instead of doing halves. I think we will do quarter to whole points. Yeah. So we could do that 2.5, quarter point system. Right now we're doing the half point system because we were, we were trying to learn and figure out how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. I am going to give um, also it be interesting to see how much it might change after the whole thing is com- comes out. Yeah. Episodes. Um, I think I'm gonna go with a solid two on this one. Okay. We got a lot of um, as Dave Filoni um always does with this type of thing. He likes to throw a lot of lore in there and um, kind of explain a lot of things without explaining anything. But seeing Rex, seeing the Mandalorians, and um, all the stuff in the visions, uh, seeing the Clone Wars happening again. I mean, as much as we were able to. I would give it probably a two also. It would be a little bit higher if you if I saw more. <laughs> but yeah, I think mine's a solid two also right now. Because this was actually one of the better episodes because of yeah. all the other stuff you got. Right. Figures. Leave it to me. Second week in a row, I'm going to give it the highest rating. Wow. Yeah. I actually enjoyed this episode. Des- oh, so did I. Despite <laughs> the fact, too much time on CTOS. Despite that fact, um, for me, I gave it a, a 2.5. Wow. I Ooh. really loved the whole vision sequence. Yeah. Um, I Even though I have feelings about the vision sequence where that still could have happened while they were in hyperspace going to mm. Paradia. Right. Which I, I still want to get to Paradia. Um, I, I think if we started with, oh, there she is floating or we could see her closer by. Right, and then have her recovering. Yeah, yeah and have have everything right. Vision, um, even still, with the way Filoni wrote this episode and directed this episode, uh, to me, this is definitely a strong episode five, and, and where the series should be for for an eight eight episode series. But so look at so he's doing. That's why I'm thinking it's like we're not going to get the whole story this season. No, but we're we're not getting Secret Evasion either, where it's like, oh, crap, it, it's only six episodes. This is episode four, and we got a lot to cram in two episodes. Yeah. Um, 
and the other thing is, uh, they've set it all up so the next episode they have to they have to get there. They can't. They can't. Yeah, we're getting thrown next episode. We have to. Or even Thrawn, at least. Even even if we don't get Thrawn, we're getting Paradia next episode. Right. We have we're, to. And we're getting the new galaxy. Because if we didn't, then that, you know, that would just. That if we don't get the new galaxy next episode and we're stuck in the hyperspace, in the, in the super long hyperspace lane. Yeah. The entire episode. I think that may cause me to go. I don't care how good this is. This is a point five. <laughs> yep. Well, also, you got to think. Even the negative. This show is about Ahsoka. So if it's just them in hyperspace, it's just her and Hu Yang. That's all there is for the entire episode. They're not going to do that. I hope not. I hope not. I really do. I mean, I, I have Faith and Filoni. And you know, that could be a great name for this episode. Ulcum Files, Faith and Filoni. Yeah. <laughs> I write that. <laughs> I'm going to forget it. Um, but it, it, I don't know who's directing the next episode. I haven't looked. I'm not sure. And, and right now, I almost don't want to look. I want to just let things be. Yeah. Well, I, don't think, I don't think Dave actually directed this one. Yes. It said oh, it was he directed. He directed this one? Okay. It, it was directed. I know you didn't direct all of them. No. But I think because of the the nature of this episode, I mean, this was, this was something that he created. Well, yeah. So who who's the best person to, to touch on? At this point in time, I, I, th- I think whether you guys agree or not, I honestly think I don't think we're in a world in the world between worlds. I think we're in a vision as she's slowly sinking in the water. This is all her vision and, and she's doing a vision quest right here. Then where's her body during all this deep enough that they haven't found her yet. Okay, That puts her underwater for what? 12 hours. I don't think 12 hours. Well, I don't think oh, it's 12 yeah. hours. They were looking for a while. Um, yeah. It was a large chunk of time because um, what you call it? One, she's thrown off the cliff before Balin talks to um, Sabine, and then they still have to shuttle up to the ring, mm-hmm. and then that's even before Hera shows up. Yeah, but they they shuttled up to the ring fairly quick. But uh, then before that. Hera shows up, when Hera and them show up, they're ready to launch jump. And then then Hera and the and them have to go to the down to the planet. They land at minimum during a couple. Uh, Three to four hours at uh, the minimum. Oh, yeah. Easily. Uh, so next episode, actually, oh, uh, directed by Jennifer Getzinger and then written by Dave Filoni. Well, they're all written by Dave Filoni. Yeah. Well, Lucas is also getting credit, too, because it's based on Star Wars. By. Well, yeah, but. Huh? Uh, who is West Chatham? Well, it says right there in front of you. Yeah, but who is he playing in this? You know, that character. Don't go look at his spoilers. Yeah. I just saw him listed as one of three casts listed for this episode. I don't want to know. Nope. Could be just a general Imperial officer. Could be. Could well, be no, it. I don't know. If you get a, when they get their galaxy, it's like, um, as far as we know, on, at the end of Rebels, Ezra and uh, Thrawn are the only ones that jumped. Yeah, but we don't know who Ezra and Thrawn run into in Paradia. Yeah, but they wouldn't be Imperials. That was my point. Not when they get there. Maybe after Thrawn gets done. So who knows? We shall wait and see. We shall. We shall. Final thoughts, gentlemen? I'm very much looking forward to the next episode. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm a little a little bummed that we're already going to be on episode six. Yep. Three episodes to go. Yeah. It goes really quick. I'm not, I'm not ready for the end. But once again, the same... Um, Observation I've made with um, streaming shows in general for a while. 
I am so glad this is a weekly show. Yeah, I am too. A weekly shows that when you when they drop everything all at once, you binge it on a weekend. Give it three weeks, and you're just pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. Out of your head and gone, and out of the zeitgeist of the of everybody talking. Right, right. You get a weekly show. You get water cooler moments. You get people just chilling and talking for the entire week. What's coming for next week? Right. I think um, instead of calling them water cooler moments, now we have to call them podcast moments. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Do that. But so, anyway, final thoughts. I think that was it. Yep. Well then, gentlemen. Sounds like there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. No Jedi here, no Jedi here anymore. anymore. Only dreamers like this fool.